You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. I'm Angie, and with me is Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello. Hello, Angie. Good day. We are starting a brand new podcast series, and this one is all about prayer. This one, I think we could talk about for the rest of the year, I think, Mark. Yeah, well, uh, it's on my heart strongly, and so I've got a lot to talk about in this, but uh, we're just going to take another journey and see what the Holy Spirit teaches us through this. Yeah, so this week we're actually focusing on why prayer is important. I don't know that we walk around every day knowing exactly why prayer is so darned important, but let's dive into it. Yeah, let's do, Angie. And of course, our model, our role model, our Lord, our Savior, Jesus, Jesus prayed. And the disciples noticed something as they were traveling with Jesus, as they did. And what they noticed about him is he was a man of prayer. It was interesting because he was the Son of God. He was the Son of Man. He was the Messiah. But he also, he had a prayer life. And that intrigued the disciples to what our first text is going to be today, is Luke 11. And it's interesting because the disciples noticed something about Jesus and they came to him. And it says in verse one, it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So again, The disciples saw in Jesus, he had a prayer life and there was something about that. But they also noticed that John taught his disciples how to pray. And this particular disciple said, Lord, teach us how to do that. And so he said to them, when you pray, say, and this is verse two, and he goes into what is commonly referred to as the Lord's prayer. And I'm not going to read it all today, but it's interesting why we should pray. Why is it important that we should pray? Well, first of all, it was important to the Lord Jesus Christ to pray, and his disciples saw that. It was important to John and his disciples that he taught them how to pray. And here's Jesus' disciples saying, Lord, you know, this is interesting. This must be super important to you because we watch you go and pray quite often. And so would you teach us how to pray. So it must have been extremely important then, and it must be extremely important today. And we're going to start looking at some other scriptures now that is the New Testament, where many times the New Testament church was birthed and born, and really it started with prayer. So over to Acts chapter 1 and reading verse 14, These are the disciples that were in the upper room because Jesus told them, go there into Jerusalem and tarry. That word means wait. Wait there for the promise of the Father. Well, the promise of the Father was what? That the Holy Spirit was going to be poured out upon them. And we pick it up in verse 14, and it says this, and these all continued with one accord in prayer. So they were told to go and wait on the promise of the Holy Spirit. And what did they do while they were waiting? They prayed. They continued in prayer and supplication. And with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So what was the purpose? What was the mindset as they were waiting? They were praying. 
This is why it's important because it goes on to Acts chapter 2, and the day of Pentecost had come, and while they were praying, once again, the Holy Spirit came. Let's go down to verse 42 of chapter 2, and we look at this, what was happening. This was the birth of the early church, and listen to what they were doing. Listen to their ritual, if you will, what they did when they gathered, and it says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Okay, this was a foundation of the early church. The early church birthed at the day of Pentecost. And what did they do? They continued with meeting together and they continued to pray. It was a foundational element. And why is it important today, Angie? It keeps us rooted and grounded in Christ. I mean, it's okay? the way we communicate. It is. And this is the way that they were taught by Jesus himself. They were taught by John the Baptist. They were taught, this is how you communicate with your father. And the last scripture we're going to start to look at today, this is coming from Acts chapter 6 and over in verse 4. And it's interesting here how the disciples were walking this out. Let me pop back to verse 3 to begin with for context purposes. Therefore, brethren, seek out among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Verse 4 is what I want to emphasize here. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Mm. Notice how important it is. We all know as Christians that it's super important to be in the word. Angie, we've talked about that dozens and dozens of times. Oh, absolutely. We've got to be in the word. But here is, again, an early sign in the early church. And they said they gave themselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. So, again, why is it important to be in prayer? You said it, Angie. It's communication. It's talking to God. It's getting like, I'm going to use a football analogy here, Angie. It's getting the play from the sidelines. This is what we need to do to move, expand the gospel, the kingdom of God. This is coming from headquarters. Well, in order to execute a plan, you got to get the plan from headquarters. Headquarters is, you know, heaven. It's coming directly from God. How do you do it? You seek him continually in prayer. Let's back up for just a quick second because I hear people all the time say, well, I pray throughout the day. So is it the same? I'm I'm not saying that praying throughout the day isn't good. It's constant communication with the Father. But I think about this in terms of building relationships. I'm not going to just throw words at you during the day as I'm as I'm moving around. I'm going to sit down and in order to get to know you better, I want to do a face-to-face where we are having a conversation and I'm earnestly listening. Yeah. Think about a relationship that you have with with a spouse or a really close friend or anybody like that. Like, do you only go into either on the phone or into a room with them? And do you just say a bunch of stuff and then turn around and leave? Like that relationship will not be very strong, will not be very good. 
This is after you have an established relationship. So yeah. I'm not against people praying all day long, but there is something that is super powerful and even more important to stop what we're doing and give him our full attention. Well, and I think about this, Angie, it's like when we pray at different times during the day, are we throwing things in God's lap that we need him to fix? Or are we going to him and consulting with him yeah. on what we're going through and actually waiting to get the answer? So we have to listen. We do. And I think uh, the biggest part of prayer in understanding it is that it's two-way communication. Now, many times, how does God speak to us? I've heard people, and I'm sure you have as well, Angie, they tell me, well, I don't hear anything from God. They go, I just tell him what's bothering me right now, what I need him to do. Here's my question, Angie. Is God able to say yes to a prayer request? Yes. Of course. Now, is he able to say no to a prayer request? Well, sure. I think he is. It's probably not what we want to hear. And here's the here's the third one, Angie. Is God able to say, you know what, not yet? Well, absolutely, because he knows more things than we know, and there's got to be a perfect timing to something. And I think part of that is learning to trust him, that if he tells us not yet, that we will take that at face value and say, you know what, Lord, your ways are higher than my ways. You know more than I know. And I'm going to have to trust you in this. Mm -hmm. Have you had any experiences like that, Angie? I think more than I can <laughs> count. <laughs> and it's it's all back to, yeah, do I trust him? Uh, sometimes I have not gotten what I prayed for and later on saw that that was really a blessing. And yeah. that's where you really build your faith and say, oh, he really does know better than we do. Yeah, and I think for many of us, uh, if I walked into any congregation in any church, literally, I could say, hey, is there anybody in here that has any unanswered prayer? And I bet you, honestly, every hand would go up, Angie. Uh, yes, oh, yeah, absolutely. I've got unanswered prayer. And I wonder if those are truly unanswered prayers or if at least some of them, some percentage of them are that we didn't get the answer that we wanted. Oh, yeah. I can see what you're saying. We have to remember we're just human, though. I mean, we are. <laughs> we're, there's no way we're going to be able to know what the future is. So I think it's okay sometimes to not have a yes. Yeah. So I'm really, this keeps bubbling up into my spirit today. And that is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And probably, Angie, you and I can quote this from heart. But what does it look like to lean not on your own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledge him? That mm. is trusting him with everything. So if I'm going to bring a prayer and a supplication, so what's a supplication? We read that today. It's making a request, right? I'm going to make okay. a request to the Father. And so mm. am I really saying, Lord, I'm bringing this to you and I'm actually laying it down at your feet. And I'm asking you for an answer on this. And what does that look like if I don't get the answer that I'm looking for? Am I willing to trust you still? Right. Let me ask you, when we pray, is it just a matter of tossing out what we want? 
Is it a matter of just saying, here's my grocery list of things? I mean, what does it practically look like for somebody who's really not sure if they're praying correctly? That's good. So uh, again, I always liken these things to a parent-child relationship. And you know, when one of my children, Angie, come to me and they want to ask me for something, I'll be honest with you, it does not matter at all how they ask me. They can fumble with their words. They can hem-haw around this or that or the other. But I'm so ready to hear what they have to say and to listen to their request. And of course, I'll judge it and I'll make a discernment upon, again, whether this should be a yes, a no, or a, a not right now. But the bottom line is it doesn't really matter to me how they present it to me. Just I want them to present it to me. That's my own heart. And I'm taken back to the scripture where Jesus said, you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those or give good gifts to those who ask him? And I think of that in the same manner. Angie, and you know, I think we all pray differently. Every one of us pray with a unique personality, with a unique set of circumstances and experiences in life. And I think it's just simply come. How many songs have you heard, Angie, written? And it says, and I simply come. So what does that look mm. like? I just come. It doesn't matter how I come. And in fact, the Hebrews says, come boldly to the throne of grace. So do we even come sometimes in prayer boldly? Do we do that? Mm. That's going to be another good teaching. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So I just feel like, you know what? Just come. Because God is so, okay, he said what? I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. What does that mean? I'm jealous of your affection. I'm jealous of your time. I'm jealous of a relationship with you. I want to have that. And I don't think that God gets so hung up on how we do it or how we pray. I absolutely agree. The point is we have to take the time to sit and sit quietly. We have to not only talk, but actually to be able to listen. And again, it's back to that relationship building, like you were saying with a parent and a child or with just getting to know anybody. That's why it's important. You're having a conversation with God. So go around all day long and continue to talk to him, but take some time where you're really going to focus on him and put him first and give him all of your attention. And you know, Angie, one last analogy that I have and you've probably been in conversations like this. Angie, you meet someone at a restaurant or somewhere, and you're meeting to have a, a conversation. And the whole time, they're on the phone, texting, taking calls, whatever that is. And they're very distracted. Like, how good of a conversation is that? How good of a meeting is that, honestly? Yeah, really. <laughs> and so we can be distracted too and right be throwing prayers at God and right. exactly Just how you're describing. Willy nilly, as my mother would call it. Okay, there you go. And so uh, I think a prayer like that as well. Like, are we giving God our all? Are we giving God our best? Are we giving Him our full attention, or are we throwing things up on the fly? And I think that's where you're going with that. That's what I'm going because I guess why is it important? I mean, we we set out a poll and we asked people, you know, tell me about why you didn't pray today. And so many people said, I pray all day long. 
Yeah. Well, I pray all day long too. I am constantly in conversation with God because I know he's right there with me. So, you know, people think probably I'm talking to myself, but not the case. But I do take time in the morning where I sit and have an extended conversation with him and I go through the word and I just sit and listen and I just take quiet time. Like I said, I'm not trying to say it's wrong to pray all day. It's just not enough. Yeah. And Angie, you said a key thing because I was going to bring it up if you didn't. And that is the words quiet time. So quiet time means what? Listening. I think quiet time is listening time. I think you Mm, could substitute that, right? Listening time with quiet time. Yes, uh, that's an amen. (laughs) All right. So we have a testimony today from someone who's a friend of yours. So I'll go ahead and let you introduce her. me on the line today is a very dear friend of mine, Pastor Judy Baker from St. Mary's, Ohio, Shekinah Temple. Pastor Judy, thank you and welcome to the program. Thank you so much and thank you for having me. It's uh, such such an honor. Yes, it is such a privilege and an honor on both ends. I know because we've been good friends for a long time. Pastor Judy, you came so strongly on my mind and I'm just wondering, is the Lord speaking to you about this? I know you've got a lot to say. You want to talk about prayer. What comes to your mind? Getting things done. Oh, I love that, right? Knowing, knowing that it's going to get done. Ooh. And oftentimes when, when people pray, they, they're not sure that that's what's going to happen. Ooh, that's so because good. Because they're uncertain. They're uncertain of the praying. And you know, with that, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, Pastor Judy, like, would you say that you absolutely know that if you pray, God will answer? Yes. Okay. Let's, I do. Yeah, let's talk about that a little I bit. And, you that. know, because Angie and I talked about this a little while ago. And if we walked into any congregation in the, in the world, really, and said, hey, how many of you in here in a congregation, how many of you have unanswered prayer in your life? I'd say probably most hands would go up. Absolutely. Right? I in any given too. church, any given church, right? Do you have unanswered prayer? Yep, and I bet you everybody say, too. I do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Pastor Judy, think about that for just a second. And what would you say if I did that, for example— in your church, and there was all kinds of hands in the air. How would we start to address that to the church? Well, first of all, we would have to start by having people check their relationship with Jesus. Mm. Because if you know him, you know what he'll do. That's so when good. we have problems with our prayers being answered and such, it says, oh my, I might have lost out on some of my relationship, and now I'm not sure whether he'll do it or not. Mm. But if if I'm close to him, I know. He said, if you believe what you pray, when you pray it and you you don't doubt, well, how can you doubt if you really know who Jesus is? That's good. And I'm not saying that I have 100% answered prayer, because that's not true either. But how I got to that was when I was very, very new. I went to a choir practice, and I met a lady, and we started being friends. And she is the one that was responsible for teaching me to pray. And we would have some Bible study. We would learn who Jesus is, Mm. and then we would pray. And it wasn't long until I started seeing answers. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this works. Oh, I love it. He works. 
Jesus actually does pay attention even to little people like us. Wow. People listening today are from all walks of life, all walks of their walk, all experiences. And so this is good to start here, Pastor G. And I'm thinking right off the bat when I hear you go, there was this lady I met in the choir and she taught me how to pray. What did that look like? What did she share with you? She didn't. What really happened is that we would get down on our knees before my couch and she would begin to pray. And so I would follow after her Mm. and say many of the same things, but she did not pray King James either. (laughs) And it was like she was talking to this person who was supposed to be right there with us. And I thought, this is awesome. Wow. It's, It's like he's right here, but we can't see him. And so sometimes new believers get really intimidated by the fact that they can't see who will it just doesn't make any sense to talk to somebody that isn't even there, mm. but he is. So it's really hard for new believers. Any relationship that we have on earth, right, is conversation. That's how you, that's how you build and grow relationship, and that's what prayer well, is. And, and, and that was what I was going to share with your audience. It's no different than having a husband or a wife who is in the other room. So I talked to my husband. And he's in the other room, so I don't really see him, but I know he's there. Mm. So I've heard this several times, actually, over the last couple of years, and this is from believers, and they'll say, and even we kind of asked an open-ended question one time on a public forum saying, hey, if you haven't prayed today, uh, just curious, if you're willing to share, why haven't you? And I saw a response, which I had heard and seen many times, and it was, well, I wouldn't dare pray while I'm in the car because that's, you know, really not a sacred place enough or whatever the reason is. But, man, I pray in the car all the time because I'm in the car a lot, but also because God is mindful. It's what you're saying. God is mindful of me, and he doesn't require me to be in a particular posture. (laughs) In a particular place. It's, it's religious Yes. when we think we have to do it a certain way. And we're not religious, we're Christians. That's good. So what would you say to kind of set people free, Judy, in what that is when people have that mindset? How many different ways Jesus prayed. Mm. He prayed standing, he prayed sitting, he prayed in the synagogue, he prayed on a boat. He, he I mean, he prayed wherever he was. That's good. In the cemetery. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. uh, Religion has taught us you have to bow your head and fold your hands and uh, be on your knees. And, well, that's all that's all fine. If that if that's where you meet God and you want to do it that way, that's fine. But people need to know that they are not limited to a church or to an altar to be able to talk to God. That's good. Judy, so let me ask you kind of a two-fold question. The first one is, you know, how important is prayer to Jesus? And secondly, from your own experience, what has the Lord taught you about prayer and the importance of that? Based on my experiences, oh my goodness, without Jesus, where would I be? (laughs) Oh, mercy. I have learned that I can't do it on my own. And so I have to go to God. I have to go to him with that. And 
the other end of this is that we have a relationship with Jesus, and the prayer is the way that we communicate with Him. Mm. And if we don't communicate with Him, we have no relationship. If you want to keep your relationship going, you have to pray. And when things go bad, you have to know that He's there waiting. He wants to hear. When I am in a place where I cannot do anything on my own, I have to depend on Him. And not only do I have to, but I want to, because He does it so much better than I can. Mm, That's so good. So we have to rely on Him. One of the things that I love about my husband is that he said, I don't care what it is you're doing, I just want to be a part of whatever it is. Wow. I want to be a part of that. And that's who Jesus is to me. What would you say to people that say, well, I'll be honest, right now I'm mad at God, and I don't really want to talk to him. If I tell him how mad I am, he's going to take it out on me. What would you say? He already knows. He knows everything about us already. But in reality, if you have someone that you love and that you care for, you're going to get mad at him. Right. But you can't hold it forever. You have to let go of it somewhere. So I would say, listen, if things didn't go the way you thought they were supposed to, then God has another plan. And you have to know that God's plans are always better than ours. Yeah. So you might want to talk to him and find out why. He will probably show you why things didn't go the way you thought they were supposed to. If it's a real heart thing, I believe that he will. Right. But I also know this, Mark. I know that I believed God that I was going to be safe and secure, and guess what? (laughs) We still ended up with a real bad problem that came very close to killing me. But the thing was, I could be mad at God and not talk to him anymore, but there's been so many good things that have come from that. If you stop and look, Mm. you'll see that all things really do work together for good to those that are the called and those that love him. He knows what's happening wherever we are, and he uses wherever we are. How many times have you been at odds with maybe a family member or a friend or anything like that, and you're at odds with them, but you got to talk it out, right? And I'll say from my own standpoint, my own life, I've had many a conversation with the Lord about my own disappointment and the way something turned out, or even to the point of anger. But I'll talk to the Lord about it because I know he already knows, but he just wants, just like you ain't hiding it. You ain't hiding it from him, right? But it's just like a parent-child relationship. It's like, but you got to talk about it, right? Yes. Are you willing to talk about how prayers have kind of carried you recently in your life? Well, I I can tell you this. When I got the virus, I didn't know I had it. And like two and a half, three days, it was really raging. So I went to the hospital. They diagnosed it right away. And from that moment, Mark, I don't remember hardly anything ever during that whole time. Mm. But the prayers of the saints did what was needed. When I did know enough to pray, When I came out of things long enough and I was asked, well, mom, are you done working for the Lord? And I said, what are you talking about? No, of course not. And she said, then you're going to have to fight harder than you've ever fought because it's either this or death. Wow. And so I said, yeah, but I don't want to. Mm. And she said, 
well, you might want to change your mind because if we don't do this, then we have to call hospice and that's going to be the end of it. And I said, okay, I still have things to do. So the prayers, not only mine, but everyone else's have carried me through this. I know there were people all over the world praying for me. Yeah. And you must know that when God brings somebody before you, this is another point that people need to know. When he brings a face before you or a name before you, please pray for them, even if you don't know what's wrong. Mm. Ask God to move in their lives and fix whatever it is, or heal their body, or give them peace, whatever it is. Just, just pray for that person, because it could be life or death, and you don't even know. That's so good. Because I've had people doing that. And, it's, and it, yes, it is. We have learned that when you don't know what else to do, it's time for the Holy Spirit to kick in. And, and he does. Prayers carry us everywhere. They do. It is, it is the most important thing you have on your tool belt. Well, I love that, Judy, because that's how I kind of wanted to wrap this up. Because, you know, we're, we're talking about all these things and, and reaching out to God at the end of the at the end of the line. But what I really want the listeners to think about today is we ought to move that priority up the chain a bit, you know, to be the first thing that we go to, the first thing that we resort to, right, is the prayer piece. And I know that you do, and I know that you live that way. But I want the listeners to know that, man, God is actually waiting on our prayers. The scripture teaches us that he ever lives to make intercession for us. So he's really waiting for us to hand him the baton, really, kind of like that in a relay race. And we really need to think about moving that up the chain, not to be a last priority or the last resort, but really to be the first thing that we turn to. And I know our flesh doesn't want to do that. It doesn't want to think that way. But I really want to challenge the listeners today. Can I give them one more thing? Sure. If you want to see the prayer answered, you have to know this. You pray, and Jesus takes the prayer, and he takes it to the Father, and he said, Mark has this, and I've agreed with him, and Father said, so be it. Mm. And the prayer is answered. That's good. Talking about a chain of command, there it is. Yeah, there it is. And the Holy Ghost brings you the answer. There is one mediator between man and God, and that's the man, Jesus Christ. He is our mediator. Man. So we want to encourage the listeners. First, get it to God. Get it to him. Tell him when you're mad. Tell him when you're sad. But tell him when you're glad. Yes. And he will. Yes. So thanks for tuning in today, man. I tell you, the time just literally flies every time. Pastor Judy, thank you for joining us on the program today. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you about the Lord again. It has been a blessing to me. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.